1: I'm thrilled to be joined today by Jeffrey Tomsick, CEO of Grand Dental Group. Jeff, thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thank you, Riz.
1: So could you start off by telling us a bit about your background?
2: Sure. Um, I got into dentistry almost 20 years ago, uh, kind of you know, a funny story. I was a, a school teacher. Uh One of my uh, best friends and fishing buddies uh, was in dental school. And uh, he uh, knew I had a marketing background. And he asked me to help him in the summertime and over the, you know, weekends with uh, uh, the practice he had joined a very small $700,000 practice. And, you know, of course, I said, yes. And, you know, for the Next two years, I was, you know, helping on Tuesday nights and, and weekends and, um, really saw a lot of things going on in the business that were beyond marketing. They were more, um, managerial things. So I started expanding the level of help and, you know, one thing led to another and the, the two docs asked me to join them. And, uh, I did, uh, that was Tidewater Dental, uh, over the, the following, uh, decade, I would say, we went from about $700,000 a year in revenue to uh, about $13 million in revenue. Um, And then eventually, uh, we joined another larger group, and uh, we became their mid-Atlantic arm. They were in the Northeast. And uh, continued to grow, uh, adding de novos and so on and so forth. And then uh, eventually that sold again. I, I moved out to Chicago to join Grant Dental, who I'd known for uh, over 15 years and really liked their model and what they were trying to do. And here I am.
1: Fantastic. Sounds like you have a lot of great experience there.
2: I, I think so. I hope so.
1: <laughs> so my first question for you is, what are the biggest issues you're following in dental today?
2: You know, Riz, it's, it's been the same story for about a year now, uh, maybe a little bit longer, maybe two years, and it's overhead. Uh, since COVID, um, it seems that there's been a real shift in Uh, employee retention and employee cost. I think the national average is about a 30% increase in employee costs, uh, which has affected us as well. I think we may not be as affected as some other groups because of the way we compensate our hygienists. They are like our doctors. They're compensated on their collections. But overall, employee costs have really hit the bottom line, uh, our profit margin. And then uh, I guess the other element to overhead is the cost of doing business in terms of supplies and a lot of our third-party vendors who just, it just seems like there's so many now in order to make a dental office function at a high level that it just really affects uh, cost. So that would probably be the main one. Another one would be employee work ethic. I also feel post-COVID, the seriousness at which Many employees take their jobs, and this is pretty much excluding hygienists and doctors. Uh, but in general, your your front desk employees, your dental assistants, uh, and people at that level seem to, you know, not feel that reliability is extremely important. And of course, I'm speaking broadly. This is not everybody. Um, they take off a lot. Uh, They're not as concerned about meeting um, their goals or even their responsibilities. And it's, it's just an uphill battle. And then I think the third one is uh, insurance reimbursements. All these costs have gone up, but yet over the past couple of decades, insurance has not one raised their, their, their annual allowance per patient. And, um, the insurance reimbursements are not where they should be when you consider inflation and the cost of doing dentistry.
1: Interesting. Can you talk a little bit about what Grand Dental Group is doing to mitigate overhead costs and to kind of you know help out with that issue?
2: Sure. Um, so in our budgetary sessions, we really dissect every line item to see where we can save money without compromising care or even experience. Um, so we may change platforms with a third party. We may look at um, not really where we're buying our supplies, but what supplies we are buying. As long as the quality is the same, if if it's a, a product that can save us time or money, um, we might switch to said product. Um, and then in terms of getting more out of our employees. We're looking at creative ways to incentivize our employees for uh, being here, being on time, being consistent. And uh, we've also put in an educational platform, like an LMS system, so that we can uh, not only show each employee group what our expectations are of them in a given day, week, month, et cetera, but also, uh, train them and track them so that we have accountability. And and that's a work in
1: progress, of course. Great. Thank you. My next question for you is, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous when it comes to dentistry?
2: I have the same answer for both, Riz. What I'm most excited about is that we have been able to grow to the size that we are and we continue to grow. I think we're going to be up 10% at the close of this year um, without private equity. So we are not a big DSO. We are nine locations, but we are uh, doing about $30 million in collections. And we've been able to continue our steady growth, never having a a down year or even really a bad year um, without private equity but that's also my biggest uh, fear or what makes me most nervous is that at, at some point the traditional banks do dry up in terms of your debt service and if we see a really good practice that we want to acquire but it's it's larger than a certain size we may not be able to get the bank funding without um either private equity or or some other form of of uh of third party financing. Um it hasn't happened yet and we hope that you know our banks or our bank will continue to be um thoughtful uh, about lending to us since we are showing good returns on an annual basis but there is always that fear that 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 will not continue.
1: Interesting, thank you. Do you see private equity becoming a bigger force in dentistry over the next few years?
2: I do. Um my understanding of private equity and having yeah uh, you know, limited experience with it, but definitely experience with it uh, a few times. Um, private equity likes businesses that have consistency in repeat business. Like dentistry has hygiene and hygiene is something that generally is twice a year, which means there's a certain level of guaranteed uh, flow and revenue. Um, and with, The right levers being pulled it can be increased or improved upon and so it becomes attractive for private equity the the hvac uh industry has become big with uh private equity because hvac companies have started doing their spring tune-up and their fall tune-ups which is like a hygiene check pretty much so that's made them attractive um Uh, Revenue cycle management is huge in private equity now because we're always going to have people who aren't paying their bills, so they know that there's a constant and continuous opportunity there. And as long as dentistry keeps its model of having hygiene um, uh, being a routine process, I think private equity will stay involved until until it's saturated, meaning there's, you know, it's like the uh, pharmacy industry. When there's only three major pharmacies out there, there's not much left to pull in and make money on. Then the interest falls off. So when, when dentistry reaches a point, and I have no idea when it will be 10, 15 years, where 90% of dental groups are associated with a DSO, and the smaller DSOs are eaten up by the bigger DSOs, um, then the interest will will taper off.
1: Very interesting. Thanks. What will the most effective healthcare leaders need to be successful in the next two to three years?
2: It's a great question. Um definitely thoughtfulness creativity i think in in american culture iq intelligent quotient has been a really big leader in what it takes to be a good business person and i think uh post covid we're looking more at eq and aq and for anyone that doesn't know what those are, EQ is emotional quotient and AQ is adversity quotient. So being able to make decisions um, in a thoughtful way that keeps your employees feeling safe, comfortable, rewarded, and doing so while in the face of adversity and having quick creative ability to pivot is going to be more important than just being a smart and perhaps wealthy person or group it's going to be more about the the human interaction and how we maintain our relationships turnover whether it be by dentist or any other employee group is probably the most dangerous and destructive force in dentistry because it, it causes turnover of patients as they see um, the the business is not running well. They can sense it. They can sense when a dentist doesn't care. They can sense when a, a hygienist is only there for a paycheck. They can sense when a front desk person or an assistant is not um, happy uh, or or dedicated uh to what they're doing.
1: Interesting. And do you have any tips for people out there who may be experiencing a similar situation on how to keep those employees engaged?
2: Uh, get to know your employees. I think, I think every employee deserves the right to share not only their their level of satisfaction and happiness with the job they are currently in, but they deserve the right to share their goals and where they wanna be. And we owe it to them to consider them as uh, promotion opportunities come about, to consider them first. But in order to do that, we have to also create a clear path of expectation of them so that they know why they weren't chosen or why they were chosen for an increase or a promotion. We need to really be transparent.
1: Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, Those are some great insights that you shared with us today. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future.
2: Thanks, Riz. It's my pleasure.
0: It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC.